I'll write down that rabbit hole So reality is questionable Try but you just can't let it go These two right here put on the show It's paranormal overload with southern hospitality Haunted murder mayhem tip while discussing immortality Locations with a dark past History that comes to life Hillbillies with a knack for Everything that goes bump at night Overthinking if you by yourself These two will have you turning on the lights Mixing in a little comedy to make sure it all fits in just right hey. Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories Now here's your hosts Jerry and Tracy Paul Heather Dog Ninja Sometimes they're cat Freddy, but never the ferrets. Hi, this is Dave Schrader from the Ghosts of Devil's Perch on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus, and you're listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hey guys, welcome to episode 342 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. So, Tracy, obviously we want to start off thanking all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you for everything you do, especially those of you that are put in the, the many, many hours in Turkey after that horrible earthquake, over 20,000 people uh, dead already, and it's, that number is just going to go up. It's just uh, very sad. That is very devastating, and I don't know if we... I mean, I, I guess we do think about those people that have to do that, have to look for the bodies and and the recovery and all that stuff. Yeah, the search I mean, and rescue is... That is just... I cannot even imagine how that plays on your mind to have to do that. It's so devastating, but our prayers are with you guys. Um, I don't even... You just don't even know what to say. It's just it's just an awful thing that's happened. And But we keep you guys in our prayers, and we thank you every day for what you do for all of us. Of course, you know, this is the time of the show where we make sure people are aware that if uh, you're going through some things uh, mentally, physically maybe, because physical things take a mental toll on you as well, that uh, if you're struggling right now with depression or maybe some other type of illness, to um, just know you've got help out there. There are uh, many different sources. Obviously, you can reach out to the group. Uh, Tracy and I are always available. And then you've got the uh, the new 988 crisis number mm-hmm. that you can reach out to. So uh, just just know that even though times are tough, uh, I, I've looked been looking through the group the past couple of days, and I tell you, I couldn't be more proud of of how members of the group have stepped up to to people. No, and. On a personal note, I appreciate you guys with your kind words, your prayers, and all that stuff for uh, Jerry and I as we went through what we went through, because you guys made it a lot easier for me to to keep the hope going and everything like that. And you you guys are just amazing. You are angels, and we f- will forever be so grateful for you guys. And but you know, thank you guys for stepping up and being there for everybody. Yes, absolutely. So, Tracy, we mentioned on, on uh, the show that we put out yesterday that um, due to the unforeseen circumstances, I was not able to put in the effort to do a new show this this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping that'll be back to normal next week. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling a lot better today. Unfortunately, it was a little late in the game to be able to throw something together. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a, a bonus episode from 2021. And it's actually, it's not 
I'm not going to say paranormal. It's more the unexplained, weird, um, you know, just kind of some strange things that are happening or that have happened to people. And, and uh, so we kind of put some multiple stories together. And it was actually uh, Tracy, myself, and Kristen mm-hmm. uh, in this bonus episode. It was a Patreon bonus. So, again, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you probably never heard this. It'll be new to you. Um, and then even some of the Patreon subscribers are so much stuff on there. They haven't gotten to all of it either. So, yeah. And it was a fun, it was fun to do it. Yeah. So. It was a, it was a fun episode. So, uh, we kind of listened to a little bit of it yesterday and decided it'd be a good one to put up. So we got that. Then we have an interview with Kat. Now, Kat, if you, Kat did a little segment on the, um, uh, listener story that we just had at the beginning of this month, mm-hmm. but cause when I had her on, I actually had her do that as well. Uh, but Kat is a satanic witch, which sounds similar to what I've called some of my exes in the past. <laughs> but she legitimately is a satanic witch. And I thought it would be fun to have her on and talk a little bit about Satanism and uh, just kind of talk about what most people's thoughts were of what a Satanist is is, Mm -hmm. as opposed to what it really is. Uh, And we talk about, you know, sacrificing animals and stuff, because that's more the sarcastic part of it, because as you're going to learn, the actual church of Satan isn't so much about worshiping Satan or goats or sacrificing animals. It's more about just kind of the Aleister Crowley, do us thy wilt uh, mentality. So they're not, they're not, for hurting people or any of that, if it's going to hurt somebody, their their theories the same as anybody else. Don't do it. So, but I think you'll find it completely fascinating. So, we're going to go ahead and uh, play this Patreon episode on uh, Strange and Unusual, and then uh, we'll join in with Cat. But we are going to uh, we I will join you in the middle, me and Tracy. We'll still go over our Patreons and uh, uh, cover some news that we've got. Which most of it's not news anymore. (laughs) But uh, we'll be back with you in a second. Hey guys, welcome to the June Patreon bonus episode. I have two special guests today. Tracy, she's not that special. She's (gasps) usually here. Well, I'm just saying she's she's normal. She's normal (laughs) guest. She's special to me. And then Kristen is here. Hi. And this would be the first time that we've done one of these with all three of us in forever. We did like episode 16 was the Amityville where all three of us did it. And then we're up. A really good memory. Yeah. I don't know how he remembers that stuff. Good luck telling us apart, guys. (laughs) Good luck. All right, Tracy Kristen. I know we usually cover like paranormal stories on, on these things. And at one point, we were doing a bunch of true crime and stuff like that. Uh, My favorite. Disturbing stories. Yes. Such as Albert Fish and Cropsey and Fred and Rosemary West. We did all those on here that we don't do. And that was the whole point of the Patreon shows is having a little more flexibility. Mm-hmm. We kind of got away from that and have been sticking pretty much to para- paranormal stories. And I kind of thought that we would do something a little bit different today. And actually, the next two episodes, because next uh, next month's episode, July, is going to be uh, kind of the same way. So we're getting away from the paranormal for these next two, but they're still going to be pretty freaky. And I think what makes some of this stuff scary 
even scarier than the paranormal is the fact that these are things that are happening in the world around us. That's scary enough. That could happen to any of us. So basically, you're just reading news articles. (laughs) You would think. (laughs) Next month, we're going to, and this this is not going to sound scary at first. Trust me, it will be because I've already done the research for it. We're going to cover poisonous plants. What? It's like I said, on the surface... That doesn't seem all that much, but trust me, you're going to love this episode. And just for the record, there are several plants that can kill you just by accidentally brushing up against it. Well, now we're not letting Freddy and Ninja out of the house anymore. (laughs) All right, so let's get started with tonight's episode. The first subject that we're going to discuss tonight, we got several subjects. It's 19-year-old Sam Ballard from Australia. Good day, mate. I was about to I say knew, that. I knew it was. <laughs> Dang, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2010, yes, Sam. Peter? Huh? What? <laughs> what do you think? Yes, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. It's, His voice. My voice Peter cracks Brady. in my back. Oh. She can't ever let that go. Peter Brady. 2010, Sam and a bunch of his friends were sitting in the backyard drinking in Sydney, Australia. One of his friends noticed a garden slug. Just Uh your typical garden slug. And keep in mind, these were mostly teens. They'd been drinking. So they started, you know, daring each other to eat the slug. Sam eventually took the challenge. And he picked up the slug and down the hatch it went. No big deal, right? Did he chew it or did he just swallow it whole? I don't have that detail. Oh, I'm going to guess just swallowed it. I got you. I mean, that's gross enough. Well, a few days after ingesting the slug, Sam snorted to... You said snorted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to have y'all ganging up on me tonight. Good luck with that. (laughs) Shoot. We're bad beaches. (laughs) All right, so he... Don't get me snorted. Good one. Okay, I'm done. Okay. So after ingesting the slug, <laughs> Sam started to become very weak, and he had some, I guess, really intense pains in his legs, okay? hmm He tells his mom about it, and her first instinct was she was concerned that he could have multiple sclerosis because That's this- That's what came to that her. That escalated. Go ahead. Can I finish? I'm yeah, sorry. It ran in their family. Oh, okay. So, yes, it was the first thing that came to her mind. She takes him to the doctors, has some tests run, and the doctors couldn't find any signs of MS. In fact, they were completely stumped as to what could possibly be the problem. Mm-hmm. So, Sam brings up the slug. His mom's like, well, I mean, I can't really see how that could be part of the problem. But when they bring it up to the doctors, that was the missing link that tied everything together. They concluded that the slug must have had rat lung disease. What the heck? And it had somehow infected Sam now that he has eaten it. It turns out this disease is not usually spread to humans. It is usually in the lungs of rats, thus the name. And eventually it gets spread to slugs and snails where the larva flourishes. Now, this happens, by the way, because the rats cough up. The worms from their lungs. Rats cough. And and now it's in their mouth. And they swallow it 
and then it comes out when they poop, and then slugs and stuff carry over top of it, and then they get infected, and it's just crazy, but that's what happens. Ugh, that is so crazy. Who would have ever thought of something like that? Yeah, so he, he, being a human, he eats the slug, and it just happens to be one that's infected. And what happens when a human eats these is... It gets in his feces. <laughs> I almost spewed my water. <laughs> You're making a very serious situation here, very unserious. I, I meant it to be for real. Maybe it did get in his feces. Anyway, humans can normally get this from infected water, vegetables, or undercooked slugs or snails. First of all, undercooked slugs and snails shouldn't even be a sentence. No, you're exactly because right. Because there should... From that, that people sh- eating them escargots. That should not be a food source. <laughs> <laughs> now, once the worms get into the human body, the larvae are spread through the body through the bloodstream. This causes problems to the central nervous system. Oh, my gosh. Which is, oddly enough, what MS does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can see why... Well, she thought that, yeah. Why she might have thought that. This caused Sam to go into a coma for 400 days days. Shoot. Unfortunately, when Sam did wake up from his coma, he was mostly paralyzed and he could not perform most daily functions. Wow. He could not eat on his own and had to be fed through a feeding tube. And his... Unfortunately, it got so bad that he ended up dying from complications eight years later in 2018. Wow. And I've seen several pictures of Sam. He was like this really young, good-looking boy. And within a couple of years, you wouldn't even have recognized him because just like somebody who's got cerebral palsy or mm-hmm. who's got MS, his hands were all curled up. Mm. His feet were curled up. And he literally could do nothing but sit in a wheelchair. I hope his friends felt like crap. Well, I mean, his friends didn't force him to do it. Yeah, but they got the ball rolling. Yeah, well. That's a really a shame. But who would ever thought of such a right. thing? I mean, what are happen? the odds of all the slugs in the world? Right, right. Have you ever put salt on one? Yes. They go, They do not make I a noise. I swear. Kristen April. I swear. They do Why not- did you weigh salt on a slug? Because he was trying to crawl up in my crib. <laughs> I swear it made some kind of sound. I'm not kidding. Well, that's mean. I can find another one and try it again if you'd like. No. All we got to do is go to our pantry. They seem to end up there all the time Ew, for some reason. Yeah, we do get one after it's rained a lot or something. Ugh. It'd be on that pantry door. Like I don't the know how they get juicy I, ones? I don't know how to get from underneath the outside door to get inside. Oh, I don't do. know either. It's kind of crazy, actually. All right. Nobody's paying to hear our slug story. Sorry. Our second story took place in Montgomery County, Texas, which isn't too far from Houston. And this was August 24, 2018. It was about 3 a.m., and someone was pushing doorbells in the neighborhood, knocking on the door and pushing doorbells. One man goes to the door to find there's nobody there, and he goes and he checks out his ring video footage, only to see a very puzzling sight. There was a woman, long hair, looking very shaken and and disheveled. She's wearing only a t-shirt, no shoes, and get this. She looks to be wearing a broken leather restraint around her wrist. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. So she might have escaped from something? Yeah. He calls the police, 
and the Montgomery County Police Department, they share the video and some still photos from, from the video on their site. And then they ask the community for help. Mm -hmm. The video goes viral. It's all over the news. It's been shared all over social media. And people start weighing in on what the possible uh, happenings could have been mm -hmm. there. Some felt like that maybe it was just a prank. You know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. She's out there just ringing doorbells. Just maybe she's drunk or on drugs or something like that. Other people felt like, though, this could have been maybe a missing person that was seeking help. So a lot of these people, they start scouring the Internet for missing people mm -hmm. uh, reports in the area to see if it matches up to the picture of this young lady. And nothing was really found. Some even weighed in that they thought maybe it was somebody who had escaped from a nearby mental hospital because of the... The thing around her. Yeah. Well, the answer, which was disturbing enough, came five days later on August 29th, just days after the video was captured. Oh, so they did get an answer. Yes. On Josh's birthday. I know. That's what I was thinking. A call came in from a woman who said that her ex-husband, 49-year-old Dennis Ray Collins, had sent her some very alarming text messages, and she felt like that he may be planning to end his life. But she also said that she thinks the woman on the video was his girlfriend. So police go to, to Dennis's house, and they find that he was indeed dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Oh, my. Collins had left a suicide note, and in that note, he took full responsibility for the state that his girlfriend was in and acknowledged that he was aware of how widespread that the video had been. So I guess he kind of knew... He's going to get caught. ...what was going to end up happening. Now, as far as the girlfriend, she was found with her family, and her name was never made public because of the physical and sexual abuse that she had encountered with the, the guy who committed suicide. She said that the restraints that she was seen in were used to secure her to a bed. On that night of the video, she had managed to break free. She had no phone, and there was nobody on the streets because it was 3 o'clock in the morning, so she resorted to knocking on doors, and when nobody answered, she went back to the boyfriend's house. Oh, my God. She was able to use the phone and call family members, and family members came and got her. Gosh, poor gal. She got lucky going back to that house. Yeah, well, I don't know the situation where maybe he wasn't there anyway. Sure. Maybe he had left for the evening or something, and she happened to break out and knew he wasn't home. Um, I don't know. Wow. But apparently he must have been pretty close. To, that neighborhood must have been close to where he was because she was walking distance with no shoes. And right. There obviously wasn't a store or something she could have just walked into. Oh, so. man. That's Gosh. terrible. Yeah. Well, thank God she got out. Mm-hmm. All right, this story here. We brought up a story similar to this on Fear of the Week mm -hmm. back with uh, with Leslie at one point. But this one needs to be told with a little more detail. So I wanted to bring it up. And there's, a, there's another part to the story, which is why I'm really telling it. So I'll tell you when that part gets here. October 12, 2018, Detroit, Michigan. Funeral home inspectors got an anonymous letter telling them that they needed to check out the Cottrell Funeral Home. Now, the funeral home had been shut down by the state inspectors in April, so that was six months earlier that year. So they're already shut down when they get this anonymous letter. Mm -hmm. 
Why were they shut down? What violations, you may be asking? Well, inspectors found two moldy bodies <gasps> that had been embalmed but improperly stored in an unrefrigerated garage for what appeared to be several weeks. Oh, my God. Sure. A third body was found <clears throat> in roughly the same condition, but with what they said was an unknown fluid on the corpse's face. <gasps> I don't know that what, that's what it was. What did you say? Can I say it again? Oh, yeah, no. I guess. Sperm. Eek. You talk so low anyway. <clears throat> You're going to make me do so much editing. Sperm. Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, how livid would you two be? Oh my god! If this was your family member, I, I cannot mm-hmm. even imagine what these four people went through. I'd be busting some heads. That's just horrible. So the obvious question would be why? Why were these bodies stored like this? Are you ready for this? Yes. Why? According to the owner, Raymond Contrell, he told reporters when he was approached about this that he was storing the bodies as a favor to the families until they could afford their funeral expenses. So he was, in his mind, he was doing a good deed? Yeah, it sounds to me like he was just greedy. So this well, is couldn't about... could you put him in a refrigerator or something? Cut I guess he didn't want to take up the spot. That was, that was for the paying customers, I guess. Cut him a deal? So this is, this is about, to me, as immoral as it gets. Mm-hmm. That's really so sad. It, to me, that's more like holding the bodies hostage to yeah, me right. more than doing somebody a favor. You can't. There's some things you can try to put a positive spin on. That's not one of them. No, it's not. Because if nothing else, he should have just t- taken care of it, buried them properly. And then had them make payments somewhere. Or something and else. if that don't happen, it just don't happen. No. You probably Most funeral directors aren't going broke. No, no of course they're no. not. Of course they're not. Because that just, you know, it just brings up that family that Walt were just killed on the yeah. on that wrong way driver going the you know the wrong way. Um, yeah, there were six pe- six people killed here in Lexington in one vehicle with somebody going the wrong way. Yeah, and somebody covered every bit of those funeral. The funeral home. The did. funeral home covered. They didn't charge every them bit of one it. penny for that. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I know Owenton too. It, yeah, they were from Owenton. I mean, it's just I, it's just hard to believe that some people just do not have a conscience or a heart. Yeah. To do something like they did mm-hmm. or like that guy did. All right, so let's keep in mind, that's not the story here. That's just why they were shut down. So we're we more? Gonna, well, remember, we started this with saying they received an anonymous letter. <gasps> that's the story. That was just why they had, they were already shut down. Oh. So they get this letter and it was obviously has to be an ex-employee with a guilty conscience. Why it took them six months to have a guilty yeah. conscience, I don't know. In the letter... The inspectors were informed of a secret panel in the ceiling. What? A panel that the inspector said was so well concealed that it would probably have never been found if it wasn't for this letter. Up in this special part of the ceiling, inspectors found the, the badly decomposed bodies of 11 infants. <gasps> none of which... Oh. We're in a box wrapped in trash bags. The other two were kept in a casket. So, 
Where are the parents? Because, I mean, obviously they're probably going to, I mean, this is like a baby. Well, the, they probably assumed they took them there to, to have burial services or something done and just assumed maybe it's a crematorium too. I don't know. Maybe they assumed that the baby was going to be cremated or, or whatever the case is. Not sure. Or maybe he kidnapped the babies and killed them himself. Well, why these infants were in the ceiling is still a mystery because the letter didn't say why they were there. And I couldn't find any information on if the owner has said why their babies went. Why were they hidden like that? Mm -hmm. He had bodies out in the open that weren't hidden. That's what I'm saying. Something's up with that. Now, I chose to tell you this story not only because of that, because you would think... This is probably a very unique story, right? Rarely happens anywhere. Something uh -huh. like this. You would think. But one week later, just a few minutes away from this funeral home, at the Perry Funeral Home, 63 more infant and fetus bodies were found. What the heck are they doing in Texas? I don't know, because this was in Detroit. I meant Detroit. <laughs> where, 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 I thought you said Texas. It was Texas with the last story before that. <sighs> With the woman that. that was... Maybe we can just edit that part out. Or, Thanks. Or maybe not. So, here you are in Detroit, minutes away from each other. On top of that, despite the fact that the two were so close to each other, and they're both funeral homes, the two have nothing connecting them. This was just two completely separate instances. So, what you're saying is this could be happening all over the place. My guess is it's got to be. But Why? I mean, I've, we've done other stories about funeral homes where the one, the crematorium wasn't working right. It was letting a chemical in. And the one guy apparently had started going, it was taking over for his dad, apparently had started going a little crazy from the chemical that was constantly going because the crematorium was broken and the seal was letting stuff through. And he had bodies that were, he had a body stashed in a car out back. And he had bodies. And it's just him, he was having mental issues because of the damage done by the chemical. So, yeah, there's... There's all kinds of situations. I mean, we've had funeral homes in Louisville not that that long ago where there were situations where there were uh, bodies improperly stored. And it's just. I mean, but so do the. they Are they showing the bodies and then after. I mean, I don't understand how I, that can I, get I, away from the family. I mean, well, it, let's just say hypothetically that it is. And I don't know that there's a crematorium there, but let's say hypothetically there is. And you bring a relative up and you say, hey, we've want the cremains, they could hand you a bag of ashes. You would never know the difference. Or whatever. You wouldn't know that that's not whoever you think it is. So my guess is that may be what's happening. Maybe their crematorium doesn't even work. I mean, it's possible. Maybe they're charging for cremation and then they can't cremate the body. So Boy, I don't know. Jesus. If anybody out there knows any reasoning, will you please write into the show? Also, I'm both funeral homes are being hit with several violations, some of which are criminal violations. So. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Are right, you ready for this last one? Is it worse than this one? Probably so. Yes. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I wish y'all could see mom's look. Thanksgiving weekend, 2016, Knoxville, Tennessee. <gasps> That's by us. The Guy family, which was 55-year-old Lisa Guy and her husband, Joel Guy, they had two twin daughters, and they were looking forward to spending the Thanksgiving holiday together. Their 28-year-old son, Joel Guy Jr., was driving up from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
and everything seemed to be perfectly normal on this weekend until Monday morning rolled around. That's when Lisa Guy didn't show up to work and a crucial meeting, and this was not like her. Therefore, her work had asked for them to do a welfare check. When police get to the house, they stepped into what was a scene straight out of a horror movie. Oh my gosh. Lisa and her 61-year-old husband were found scattered in pieces <gasps> inside the house. There were signs of torture and fatal stabbing to the dismembered body parts. There was also a concoction of acid, acidic chemicals in the bathtub in an attempt to destroy the evidence. And it apparently must have been too hard if there would have been body parts still everywhere. So yeah, a failed up. attempt. The police immediately focused their attention on their son, an unemployed LSU dropout. Apparently, he had a plan to ask his parents for money over the holidays, but not only was he shot down, but the family told him that they were cutting him off financially in hopes that it would make him more responsible. So this is not the same guy that's driving in? Yes, this is the guy. Oh, it is the same guy. Yes. Joel's sister said that their parents had just sold their home and they were looking forward to starting the next chapter in their lives. And if you've seen a picture of this guy... He totally looks like somebody. What's his who, name? I'm going to Google him. Uh, Joel something. Joel. Joel Guy Jr. But, yeah, this guy. I mean, so let's make sure we have what's clear. He's 28 years old. He's unemployed. He's living several states away. He drives up to ask for money. His parents lived in a really nice house. Mm-hmm. I've seen the house. He comes up to ask for money. And not, I guess he's thinking he's just going to get more money, like he apparently is always getting more money. And instead, he's met with not only you're not getting money, we're not giving you any more money. You're cut off. And that was enough for him to kill, torture, kill, and dismember his mom and dad. Oh, so you know that he did it for a fact. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he's in jail for it. Wow. Here on Google, yeah, he looks psycho. Here's a letter that he was confiscated that he wrote about he fantasized about gouging his cellmate's eyes out and he wrote a letter about it and i guess he's saying i'm worried this letter i wrote i'm writing this letter because i don't want to end up with a disciplinary infraction or worse so i guess he is writing that to admit that he was having these fantasies yeah because i started saying if you gouge somebody's eye out you probably will at least get a disciplinary fraction I'd put, I would think. <laughs> what a freaking... Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. All kinds of different things he's written. Okay, so out of all these stories, which one freaked you out the most? The baby one. Mm-hmm. It just makes me sick to my stomach. Same with you? Yep. I mean, this last one's messed up, too, but I don't know. When it comes yeah, to kids up. and just... Look at this guy. His eyes are, like, bugging out of his it. head. He's so, got a big head. So that's what I'm saying. So these stories, think about what we've covered. We've covered somebody who eats a snail just because he thought it was, you know. Did it on a dare. Did it on a dare. He ends up becoming completely paralyzed and dies eight years later and in a coma for 400 days. 
Yeah, that, that's crazy. I mean, that's something that I'm not saying that could happen to any of us because you're not going to eat us now. But, like, remember, we went to Kentucky Kingdom and Amber ate a grasshopper. Mm-hmm. Amber. Oh, I ate a grasshopper. At Amber's was alive, though. Yeah. I mean, our Amber, mine were Amber dead. Is mine were my dead. stepsister Jerry's well, daughter. Yeah, when I lived or worked at the cavern, mega cavern, they had those little like chocolate covered ones. But yeah. I mean, like she did that just because they were they were it was like a um, they were giving away tickets for something. So they were like, if you raised your hand, you had to spin a wheel and whatever the wheel said, and hers that's was a grasshopper. So that's why. But I mean, what if what if something like that could have been in? Yeah, that? you just never know. You that's never sure. think about that. Of course you don't. And then you've got the situation with. Hey, you think you live in a normal neighborhood, and it turns out you got somebody right down the road that's got somebody strapped in mm-hmm. that's abusing them. That was in stereo. <laughs> we do that all the time. And then you've got the story about the mortuaries, two in the same, you know, vicinity. Yeah. yeah. And you got this story going on. About somebody who just doesn't get the money over a holiday weekend that he's wanting and kills and dismembers his parents. Those things are as scary, knowing that people Mm -hmm. are capable of these things. I mean, the second story with the lady that escaped, okay, that's a terrible situation, but that's nowhere near, I don't think, it's as not, bad It's as not the others. same, but it was just a way of pointing out what can right. be in your neighborhood. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's so true. I mean, Because this was somebody's girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, how many people out there get a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend and they could walk right into this situation? Mm-hmm. I've had that's some what's crazy scary ones. about it. Right. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I've had some crazy ones that would probably do that. Yeah, so. that, that's really, that's really, that's messed up, especially the slug thing. I don't know. And your heart just breaks for the families of those babies and relatives that is so disrespectful, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, how do you live with that? Knowing that you're trying to lay your relatives to rest and this is the situation. Gosh. It's just, I don't know. I just... Sometimes I just feel like there's nothing else in this world that can shock me, but then there always is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was a graveyard in Louisville just like two years ago, two or three years ago, to where they found out that they weren't burying the people properly and mm-hmm. all this. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. I feel like we should come up with alternatives for when we die so this doesn't happen to us. But what would be the alternative? You- like, I'll burn you and bury you in the backyard. <laughs> And then I'll get one of my kids to burn me. It was be a chain effect. You've watched watched too many horror movies. (laughs) So, anyways, guys, that was our uh, story for tonight. I hope you liked it. It was a little bit different. Yeah, I'm going to have nightmares now. Thanks. Just kidding. Think about the stories I had to go through just to choose those. I probably probably had 30 different stories and chose those four. Well, those were very interesting ones so all of them were I, there was like damn this thing could be eight hours long if i really wanted yeah, it to yeah. be. <laughs> god i'm sure mm-hmm. and then i got on the subject of the poisonous plants and mm-hmm. i was going to I literally this is how much i like the poisonous plant one one of these stories was going to be on a poisonous plant just to let you know hey this is out there because there's one plant out there and i'm not going to tell you what it is i want you to listen next month there's one plant out there that it grows all over the united states and it could even be growing in your backyard it just grows wild and it looks like any other plant, just like poison ivy grows. You know, with poison ivy, think about this, poison ivy and poison oak, if you brush up against that, what happens? Yeah. 
that's not going to kill you. These plants, what if you're just having to, you know, for every time you comp poison ivy, you could have brushed up against this plant by mistake and you would not have had it. You'd be surprised how many people die every year from poisonous plants and none of them are by ingesting. It's Gosh. all from just brushing up against it or, is, but when it's going to freak you out. So you're going to be afraid to go into woods. This is why I stay no, I'm all worried afraid to go into woods. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we'll talk to you next month. Bye, Bye guys. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, real quick, I think we're getting closer. I think we're getting closer to some cruise stuff. So I still don't know anything 100% yet, um, but uh, we're just getting closer. That's all I can say. It's frustrating that it's taken so long for Royal Caribbean to have these dates and stuff out to us. But So are you going to, like when you have a few options available, are you going to post that in the group or yes. whatever on the page to see what people as, like? As for right now, I have one option. I don't have the full pricing on it yet. Um, it's a, it's a cool option, but it's a six day rather than a four day. So it is a couple hundred dollars going to be a couple hundred dollars more, but it's a really cool setup. So, but I'm, I'm trying to get more options together and then we'll throw it out to you guys and say, Hey, here's a six day. Here's a four day. Which one do you, do you work better? And if, if it's kind of 50, 50, well then we'll, we'll, you know, I'll get with the guys from Brohau and we'll just choose one that works and okay. we'll go with it. And, uh, but I'm, you know. I'm tired of even trying to say I hope I have something this week because it's kind of out of our hands and and I I was hoping that it would move a little faster than what it is and but not the case. Uh, with that being said, all of our other live events uh, are up for at the um, website hibbelyhorrorstories.com. Uh, those are kicking off in April. We got oh, two of them in April. I can't even believe that. Like, dude, it's like almost April. Like, it's almost April. Well, except for, you know, the rest of February and all of March. Well, I mean, I know, but they'll be here before <laughs> Dad don't know it. And we will be having fun, seeing all of our friends. But, yeah, those, um, you want to jump on there and get them. And I don't even know what to say about the Gatlinburg show. It's the last show we got scheduled of the year, and we're almost halfway sold out. There's 100 tickets available that we've sold over 40 some tickets mm -hmm. already you guys are amazing so, yeah that one's that one's going to be fun there's no doubt about that so with that being said uh tracy i'll turn it over to you okay so you can tell me what you got all right for our itunes this week we have jenny puppy mama bearded jim city bulldog mojo lobster one bad mother beep <laughs> S.F.C. Graham. So I don't know if that's Sergeant First Class. If it is, thank you for your service. Kim Rose, Jason B. 007, The Evil Never Dies Podcast. Thank you, Brett, for your review. And for our patrons, we have Teresa Chandra, Savannah Marcion, Rose, and Barbara Wright. You guys really hooked it up this week. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate it, those reviews. Put a smile on my face as it always does. Uh, thank you guys on the Patreons for your support. You guys never cease to amaze us, and we are so, so thankful for you all. We can't even tell you how thankful yep. we are. Definitely blessed. So, well, uh, what else? I don't know. I don't know where you were going. I don't either. We could just talk about our interview we've got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. All right. Well, let's listen to Kat because I think you guys are going to. She's she's super fun. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the, at some point in time, the story will come out of how we um, how we ran into each other, so to speak. But 
Uh, I, th I think we toyed, a toyed around with it in the interview and didn't really talk about it. But the basics of it is uh, I was on Instagram and she had a somewhat provocative picture up and it caught my attention. Hmm, what a surprise. Well, but you got to understand, it was like a, a negligee type thing, mm -hmm. but it was like of the satanic goat yeah. On the negligence. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's so, really I mean, cool, actually. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's kind of stuck out, amongst other things. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I happened to look at her profile, and I, I just happened to see that she was a satanic witch. And we had literally just been talking about something earlier that day. Well, we, we were doing uh, shorts, and we were talking about satanic satanic quotes. Uh-huh. And... and um, it was the same day when I saw that, and I, I know was it's like, so weird how that happened. I was actually. like, I've got to talk to her, so I sent her a message and said, "Hey, would you be interested in coming on our show?" And then come to find out, she was actually a listener and was excited about it. How so, crazy is that? Yeah, I had no idea. Nice. So, anyways, that's where we're at. Let's uh, go ahead and listen to Cat. All right, guys. So you know that we have had several different people on of different religions to try to cover a little bit of everything. I know we've had two different exorcists on, one Roman Catholic and one from the old Catholic church. We have had uh, someone on that practices Santeria. It was not the members of Sublime, because we all know they do not practice Santeria. And then we had uh, a voodoo priestess on, Bloody Mary, from uh, obviously New Orleans. And man, we've had everything in between from people who just study the mystical side of things and this was going to be a little bit different tonight we had oh we had a luciferian on too and i thought that was really cool and tonight we're going to kind of kind of go in the same direction i've got cat from ohio on and you know if you if you're a patreon member you heard us in the last two days talking about uh satanism and I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the religion. I'm not talking about Satan himself. I'm not talking about anything other than the fact of if you talk to somebody who's an actual Satanist, it's not what you see in the movies for the most part. I guess it depends on the person, but um, it's it's just a lot of Aleister Crowley type uh, beliefs and, and do as thou wilt. Uh, more than sacrificing goats and babies and... Uh, maybe llamas, whatever, alpacas, just whatever you might be into that day. But the reality of it is I wanted to get somebody on who could tell that side of the story. So I've got Kat from Ohio on. She is a, a, a theistic Satanist witch. So we cover, oh, we've had plenty of witches on too, of different uh, uh, types of witchery, so to speak. So now we've got another one on. But, but Kat, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jerry. It's a pleasure. Now, the funny thing is I reached out to Kat because I actually just, we covered those stories last night on Patreon and I had a picture pop up that we won't discuss on uh, Instagram and it, it drew me to Kat. I looked at her profile and there it said, theistic, Satanistic witch. And I thought, wow, this could not go 
any any more hand in hand but what we just talked about. I reached out to her, and lo and behold, she actually listens to the show. Had no clue, and uh, I, I just thought this was just a, a match made in. I was getting ready to say heaven. I don't know if that's appropriate. <laughs> so it's a match made in hillbilly horror stories that uh, Kat just actually listened to the show, and she was. Uh, got the knowledge that I wanted to uh, talk about. So, Kat, thanks for coming on with us again. I want to break this down. Um, to, I want you to have as much time to speak on this as possible. So when most people, and I'm not going to lie, I was in the same boat up until last couple of years. When most people think Satanist, they automatically think uh, sacrificing animals. They think about uh, a black altar out in the woods somewhere with candles and pentagrams and, uh, you know, goat heads and all this. You're, there are different versions of uh, uh, Satan worshipers, mm -hmm. but I want you to tell me about you. I want you to tell me how you got into it because you've got a fascinating story how you got into it. Uh, your upbringing, how you got into Satanism, and what Satanism really is to you. Well, alrighty here. So, well, first I gotta say, the black altars out in the woods—that's just Friday night cake. That's just fr Friday night caker. That's yeah, that's just a normal, <laughs> normal fucking fun. No, no, but seriously, um, well, oh gee, I guess. We could start at the beginning. I'll start with the upbringing. I was raised a Pentecostal Christian, mostly by my father. My mother is an atheist. Um, my father passed away when I was 10 years old, but he really wanted to raise me that strict Pentecostal. We weren't allowed to watch or read about like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, anything and everything that mentioned or referenced magic. It was absolutely banned in the household per my father's wishes. Um, but after I lost him, I say, I would say that that's probably when I started really questioning my faith. Cause I was very close to him. And, you know, when you're so young, you're going to question things like, why was my best friend taken away from me at such a young age? He loved God. Why would God take him away? Et cetera, et cetera. So I started really struggling with the grasp of the Christian faith there, but around the ages of like 11 or 12 to about 19, I was a, I was a born again Christian. And, you know, even though I still had struggled with like some questions and some beliefs, I still tried to keep, keep up with the faith in itself. And I remember just, man, it's, it's absolutely crazy thinking I'm, I'm having like all these paranormal flashbacks that I had that went on that kind of really tested my faith I remember dealing with a very dark and malevolent entity in my mother's house for it was only a few months but it felt like an eternity and I remember praying so hard and trying to use my Christian faith to try and push whatever this was out of my house and I remember it just basically laughing in my face without laughing in my face. You just felt the energy. It was weird. And I was, and that's when I started struggling again with these thoughts, like, why is God not helping me? You know, I dedicate my time. I believe in this, that, and the other, why is he not helping me? And that happened when I was around uh, 17 years old. Yeah. I had just turned 17, but then around the age of 19, I had met someone online and 
they were a theistic Satanist. And at the time I was still this born again Christian. And I remember just being absolutely petrified because I was so ignorant. I was so uneducated about the spirituality. I was terrified of this person. I was terrified to even slightly offend them because I thought that they were going to put a spirit on me or some, some quote unquote black magic on me. And I just, I had no idea. I was so ignorant. But then as I distanced myself from the person and started actually doing personal research into Satanism, the different denominations, and just taking the time to submerge myself in this knowledge, I figured, I, I'm sorry, I saw that it was just such a welcoming spirituality in and of itself, regardless of whether it was atheistic or theistic, it just seemed like a very welcoming and a very open spirituality. And I felt something from Satanism that Christianity could not give me in the about 19 years that I was that. It helped me feel a sense of self and self-worth, self-love, it helped me question things and, you know, just, it taught me to never stick with just what you're told and to always just keep questioning because chances are there might be a bigger truth out there than what we're led to believe in and of itself. Somebody who hears about what I do, like you said, they assume it's all black, a black mass and I'm out here slaughtering children and animals and this, that, and the other. And it couldn't be farther from the truth. So I, at first I was very proud about being a Satanist and I would just, I would bring it up at almost any point that I got because I, th I thought that I was like onto something here. I really believed I was onto something, but um, you know, I learned to tone it down and be more humble, but it's overall just a very, very interesting spirituality and I just feel a sense of comfort with it personally. Let's talk a little bit about, because you brought up the, uh, was it atheistic Satanism and then the, the uh, theistic Satanism. Tell me a little bit about the differences between the two. Atheistic Satanism, or also known as Levain Satanism is um, it's not necessarily used so much as a spirituality. It's more just about self-worship and self-love. And they don't believe in Satan as an actual spiritual deity. They just see him as a symbol, a symbol of freedom, a symbol of free will, what have you. And then theistic Satanism is actually believing in Satan as a deity uh, choosing to worship him if you should so choose you know he doesn't necessarily make you go out and worship him he's very humble actually he's very 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 kind and he's not going to condemn you if you don't worship him or believe in him but I choose to you know leave the offerings pray to him talk to him so on and so forth and I have experienced too many too many otherworldly things to just leave my spirituality at atheistic or Levian Satanism because I've just experienced way too much to just not believe in any form of deity or afterlife or anything of that nature. 
so you so the difference between the two the main the main difference is in uh, Anton LaVey's teachings there isn't a true um quote unquote satan god it's just it, we are who we are this is this is all there is there's no afterlife so do whatever you want and and just do the right things even the even in his teachings he's not about you know killing people or hurting people it's just about do what's good for you as long as you're not harming someone else um and and in yours uh the, the version that you choose to participate in you do actually see satan as uh an a, a god of, of sort of a deity as you said uh and you choose to worship on on your own your own way of worshiping and a big difference between that and Christianity is Christians are told basically that uh, God pretty much demands you to worship him. That's part of your responsibility, and that's part of what you owe God is to worship him, where Satan is more the, you know what, I'm not going to make you do anything. If you do, that's great. I'd appreciate it, but I don't, I'm not egotistical in the way where I feel like you should, you should have to do that. So in that being said, and, and I'm I'm not saying these are my feelings, I'm just trying to look at both of them uh, objectionally. Mm -hmm. And uh, so basically, it's almost like in the teachings, Satan is more about, uh, you know, you don't have to do everything exactly the way the Bible says, and he's questioned stuff. Uh, and that might be why he was kicked out of heaven, because he questioned what was going on at there and that there was actually more ways to skin a cat, uh, more than one way to skin a cat. So, and, and that was enough to tick off God. And he's like, you hey, look, it's going to be my way or the highway. And he sent him on the highway to hell basically. And so, and I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with it, but at the same time, that's kind of, it's kind of what the belief is. Correct. I would definitely say so, at least in my personal opinion, that's how I see it. That's how I've always interpreted it. We had a talk beforehand, and I loved uh, I loved how you described it. When I asked you if if Satanist in general felt like that Satan, if he if you did look at him as a, an entity, that Satan is probably misunderstood and misjudged. Tell me, tell me why you think that. Well, we start with the known battle between god and satan and we know the story from god's perspective of how someone questioned his beliefs and his way of teaching and i believe that god saw that as a threat because satan wanted he wanted free will and he wanted free thought and he wanted everybody to just kind of like open their eyes and see outside the box that this god is putting before you there's more to this than what you understand. And we could even take that back to the Garden, um, what was it? the Garden of Eden? Mm -hmm. The Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, where you know Satan is seen as this serpent that's make quote unquote making someone do bad things or making someone commit quote unquote sins, but he's really just making them use their brain, their God-given brain. And he just wants people to just see, just open your eyes a little more than what you can see. Because 
everything is not what it seems. And when he started questioning that in heaven, I felt that God got pissed off and said, we're not doing that because God had his way of wanting to lead his soldiers, his people, whatever you want to call them. And that's when Satan got like, as you said, he took the one way ticket to the highway to hell. And I don't necessarily see the, you would never think that opening your mind would be such an issue, especially that's was put there by a God that is so loving or allegedly so loving, so understanding this, that, and the other, but he's going to condemn you to hell for slightly questioning his way of belief. To me, that is narcissistic. It's pretty toxic in itself. And that's just kind of how I feel about it. I feel like Satan was definitely misjudged and misunderstood because we're just so used to believing the story that we were told, which was the one from God's perspective. Nobody wants to look at the other side of the coin because all we were forced to believe is Satan is bad. Satan is evil. You don't listen to him, this, that, and the other. So why would you listen to it if that's all you're going to be taught in life? But when you start questioning and start learning both sides of the coin, that's when you start like really understanding. Well, everybody has their own personal beliefs. And I respect that, you know, you believe what you're going to believe. Just don't use it to hurt people. Um, but there are people that just do not want to even understand the story or at least hear that perspective because they're very set in their ways. And it's a very close minded way of thinking, because why wouldn't you want both stories? You would do that in almost any other case. You would want to hear someone else's side of a story and not just believe what you're, excuse me, what you're told from one story. They always say there's three sides to the story, side A, side B, and the truth. So, well, the truth part is more subjective based on, you know, what you believe and what you choose to believe after that. But I think it's just important to really open your mind and, you know, be willing to listen to another side of the story because it's not as dark and it's not as evil as it seems. So you don't consider um, the the God and Satan thing as a battle of good and evil, right? I would say that, yeah. I don't necessarily think it's good. It's good versus evil. Well, how do you see Satan as far as as a deity? Do you see him as a god, as one of many gods, as somebody that that grants you things in life do you can you pray to satan and expect things to happen or you know because when you could pray to god and things don't always happen uh i mean how how do you see that as far as satan what what does he what does he as an entity as a deity what does he do for you personally well i believe that he is one of many deities i don't necessarily excuse me i don't necessarily believe that there is one true god or goddess or deity i believe that there are multiple truths to multiple spiritualities and religions and it's not all just about one belief for me personally satan is just he provides a sense of comfort for me i i just always keep coming back to that is he provides me a form of relief, which, you know, you could get just from, you know, God and Christianity or Catholicism, whatever anybody chooses to believe. So it's pretty similar in that, but he doesn't make me feel judged. I believe that <laughs> I do when, pe 
I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm trying to get my words all together here. You're okay. So some people see Satan as like someone that you sell you sell your soul to for riches or fame or this, that, and the other. And I believe that he could grant certain things to a certain extent, but it's it kind of goes it co it coincides with witchcraft and uh energy manipulation manifestation so you kind of have to put the work in you're not selling your soul to him to get famous it's about meeting halfway so he can help you make things happen but you don't just pray and say dear satan i'm selling my soul for a malibu dream house or something like that or a new corvette or something like that you're not signing your soul out in blood you could you could if you choose to believe that part of satanism you know it if you wanted to take it that way that's not how i do it but i don't believe that you could just like sell your soul out for riches and fame and this that and the other i believe that he's there to help and he's there to guide and be there as a comfort or a even a reinforcement. What do you think as far as well, let me let me word this differently. You feel a comfort from Satan, okay? Yeah. Because because it's given you exception, uh, you know, it, it accepts you for who you are, and it may it just gives you that overall comfort feeling. But what is it that makes you think that's coming from satan and not from god let's say what what is it that how could you tell the difference is what i'm asking because in all of my years of christianity and all of my years of beliefs of talking to god or what i thought was god there was always an emptiness there was just this feeling of emptiness this void when I actually go and choose to speak with Satan, you feel the energy. You can, for me personally, it's that sense of comfort, that sense of warmth, which is why I keep projecting. I mean, that's why I keep going back to like, he brings me comfort and I'm sorry for constantly going back to that, but it's just, it's a completely different experience for me. I feel from Satan what I could never feel from God. And for me, that it just, it spoke volumes in and of itself. Is, um, it, a, is it a possibility? And I'm just bringing this up. Is it a possibility that maybe, maybe God in a sense doesn't exist the way people think there are? Maybe there's just one deity and, and maybe that's who you think is Satan, but maybe there's just one deity and 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 the whole worshiping thing doesn't hit right for some people uh like in the because a lot of people they tend to leave the christian uh a mentality because it just doesn't work for them but maybe that one deity is whoever you need it to be you think that's could be a possibility why the why the the going to church thing and worshiping exact way, the ritualistic way didn't work, but this way that's not quite as ritualistic does work for you. Is it possible that there's one quote unquote God or Satan, there's one deity that that is what you need it to be when you need it? Do you think that's a possibility? 
I think anything in that realm is possible. Absolutely. It all depends. Um, it depends about the work that you put into these deities that you, or the God that you worship, you know, it could very, it could very well be one deity or one entity that you need in that time. But personally, that's, per that's just personally not my belief because I can feel the different sensations, the different energies that certain entities and deities and gods and goddesses bring forward. It's never the same. It's never the same experience that that much I can say. That's just me, though. Sure. That's fair so enough. And, and another reason I asked that is because you've got people that are Christian that mm -hmm. are you're not going to change their mind. This is the way it is period. You've got people who are Satanists that you're not going to change their mind. This is the way it is. And then sure. you've got Hindus and Buddhists that believe something completely different and you're not going to change their mind. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm just curious if maybe there's one deity that serves all religions and it's just, you know, it's what, what you need for faith. And I think a lot of this is just faith-based because you have to go on faith. Whatever that faith tells you, it still gives you a belief and a warmth. Uh, I mean, if I believed in worshiping deviled eggs and that gave me warmth and, and, and I was comfortable with that, then who's to who, who's to tell me that I'm wrong in worshiping a deviled egg? And I'm not making light of religion, but I do think that a lot of times religion can be what that individual person is looking for in life. So that's why I'm really quick to, you know, I, like I've said on the show a thousand times, I didn't believe in reincarnation before I started doing the show and doing so much research and now I 100% believe in reincarnation. You know, a lot of a lot of Christian religions will tell you that's not possible. It's just not. Well, I think it is possible. And Absolutely. so what what does that does that does that mean that I don't believe in, you know, the Christian religion? I don't necessarily think so. I think everybody's got their own way of thinking and I don't criticize anybody for their way of thinking. I don't care if it is uh Santeria or Satanism or or uh, voodoo or Christianity, I think you have to do what gets you through life. And I'm a hundred percent for that. As long as you're not harming others. And uh, that's, you know, and from what I read on Satanism, a lot of that says that exact same thing. It's about go out and have fun in life. Here's your big difference between Christianity and Satanism. Christianity follows uh, in most cases, the 10 commandments that say, don't do this, don't do that. And some of those apply to Satanism. You know, you're not allowed to go out and kill people in Satanism. It's not, you know, it's still don't do something that's going to hurt somebody. But, you know, maybe they'll let you slide on the adultery stuff or sex acts as long as it's not hurting somebody. If it's two consenting adults and they want to do, you know, crazy stuff behind closed doors, uh, you're good with that. Where some of the other religions of Christianity might say, eh, no, that's, no, it's, you know, you know, we talk about uh, somebody's sexuality. You know, there's there's no rules or regulations in Satanism when it comes to somebody's sexuality. Once again, it's you do you, just don't hurt somebody. And uh, you know, I, I think I think that's what I've gotten out of a lot of the studies that that I've done. Let me ask you one final question, and then I'll let you kind of chime in with something else you might want to throw in that I haven't asked. Um, what are your thoughts on an afterlife? Um, and we'll talk for the sake of this heaven and hell type thing. Do you believe in a heaven and hell type thing? Which it's, I can already, I already know the answer is no, because 
you don't believe that the Satan is an evil entity. Therefore, that would make sense to not have a hell. You could have just different levels of different heavens or, or whatever the case is. But what is your thoughts on the afterlife? You know, I think that the afterlife is always going to be a subject that I'm constantly wondering about in the back of my head because nobody knows what it is. People could swear that it's heaven and hell or it could be something different. You could reincarnate. I definitely believe in the possibility of reincarnation. I just believe that there are different there are different planes of spirituality and there are different dimensions and there are different places where you can go to. The way that I think about it is kind of in its own way like the insidious movies how you go into that as that astral realm that's a whole realm of spiritualities where entities and spirits they just they can go and they can thrive i do not believe in necessarily i don't believe in the hell that christians believe in i believe that you go it in its own way it's kind of like heaven and hell where it's like you go where you deserve to go like if you have actually harmed somebody or if you or if you've committed absolute atrocities in your life i don't believe that you're going to be sent to a part of a dimension that is necessarily the most pleasant there's not going to be pizza parties and you're not going to be picking daisies i feel like you're going to be sent to where you deserve to be sent where your energy is matched where your crimes and atrocities have matched but it's not the same hell where it's like oh you're gonna go there if you um i don't know what are, what even are the sins you're not gonna go there if you're lustful or prideful or something like that i believe that you go where you deserve to go based on the the things that you have done in life like if you're a pretty decent person and you have a few drinks and you're a lustful person, you're a prideful or slothful person, whatever. I believe that you're just kind of going to go into your own spiritual realm or meet up with spirits that have left this plane before you. As people talk about like the white light and they see these, um, what people, some people say angels, some people say spirits, them guiding you in. I believe that you do cross through that similar bright light and you have these spirits guiding you in spirits that are familiar to you be it your grandma or your father or anybody that you were ever known or close to or maybe some form of comfort i believe that they guide you in to the afterlife if that makes any sense no i make I, that's kind of the way that i think there is i i don't believe in the quote-unquote heaven and hell as cut and dry as as it's made to seem I think that, you know, a, a lot like you said, I think if you're a jerk uh, or a really bad person that, you know, your next life is going to be probably a pretty bad life. It's probably going to be a life of, of you know, poverty and, and depression and whatever the case may be. Uh, and I don't say that, you know, from a depression standpoint as as that's a punishment necessarily, but I think that's a pretty hard life to leave somebody that, that suffers with depression all the time. So I'm just throwing that out there, you know, not saying somebody suffering depression now was a killer in their previous life. I don't mean it like that. I'm just saying things that can go wrong in life that really make your life uh, a pain in the butt. Uh, I think that's kind of why you come back. If you know, you could be the a you know, a, a billionaire now that's just doesn't help people. And it's like, uh, 
And the next time you come back, karma is really going to pick up on you. And that's kind of, I'm more of a karma type guy. And I do believe in reincarnation. I, I, you know, I'm not saying there's not a heaven and hell per se. I just don't think it's as cut and dry as it's made out to be. Uh, There's too many spirits that show up and come back and visit and stuff for me to believe that it's always, um, it's always like that. I think, I think there is a veil out there where the spirits train and they come back and they give life a, a shot again. I like the aspect of knowing that I, I wouldn't as great at this life as I could have been. And now I'm going to go back and get a little more schooling and let's, let's go try it again. You know, just, you're not going to have much memory of your previous life. Absolutely. That's a wonderful way of thinking about it too. What do you think about demons and angels? What are your thoughts on that particular I love this subject because (laughs) it's actually pretty fun because when you think about them, the way that they are, you would think that the roles had been reversed. So starting on the subject of demons, I believe that there are, and I don't know every single one of them off at the top of my head, there are nine different types, roughly nine different types of um, biblical angels. And the majority of them, I don't know if you've ever seen a biblical, you probably have a biblically biblically accurate angel. And now they have like a million eyes and they're like these giant, like they're basically just like giant eyeballs and they have wings and they're, they're absolutely, they're insane looking and they're terrifying. So the way that I think about it is that that is their main true form. And they take the guises of the angels that we see portrayed, like St. Michael, the archangel and all this, because let's be real. I don't think that someone is going to feel some comfort in St. Michael, the archangel, if they saw that he had a million eyes, horns and wings, this, that, and the other, it's, they're pretty terrifying. They, I believe that they do hold some semblance, some power, some, uh, what is it? A lot of intelligence, a lot of forbidden knowledge. I totally believe that, but I don't believe that they're all powerful. Um, but yeah, I believe that they definitely take the form of prettier angels to just kind of give us, give a sense of comfort because like I said, you're not going to really feel too comfortable about around a normal biblically accurate angel. And as far as demons go, everybody gets, the rep that demons they're evil and they all they want to do is cause chaos and they want to hurt you and your family and this that and the other and what i can say for them is that they in their own way they're not one nor the other they are not just good and they're not just bad they can work on both sides there are some that have certain personalities where they might not be as nice as another demon but they're actually pretty neutral in themselves they'll work they can work to help you or if you mess around with them or you waste their time or if you're just being disrespectful in general they can also be not so nice to you and a lot of people get demons confused with lower level entities which are below the demons because most demons are known as like the princes and the knights of, of hell and whatnot. 
but lower level entities are typically the evil spirits that you would see in demonic possessions. It's not a demon. Most people, uh, I don't know, you could watch ghost adventures or something and they'll ask, is this a demon? And then the spirit box or something will say, yeah, a demon isn't going to tell you that it's a demon. It's something that's messing with you and playing on that fear. It's a lower level entity that is playing on the fear that you are going to emit because it made you believe it was a demon and it was something evil. They're tricky. They're very, very tricky. And a lot of people get them mixed up. I got them mixed up up until about five or six years ago. And I, I didn't see a difference. I was like, oh, a demon, you know, it's they're evil. That's all you see. Well, think about the exorcist or the exorcism of Annalise Michelle. And, you know, you think about all these demons and they're not nearly as evil as you would think that they are. They're very smart. They do. They want to help. They're very smart. They'll help you in any way they, they possibly can. You have to kind of meet them halfway because they're not just going to give you anything. You actually have to put work into it. But they're pretty cool. They're pretty chill. So you're saying in 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 your what you've learned over the years that demons aren't out to raise havoc. They're actually there to help. For the most part, yes. I can't speak for every demon because they are, for the most part, they're neutral. They don't prefer to be just good or just bad. They're just like humans in that nature. But there are there are a couple that don't always have like the best intentions at heart, but that's not the majority of them. Okay. Interesting. So if there, if you don't believe in hell in the, in the Christian belief of hell, mm-hmm. where, what is the purpose of these demons as far as like, cause, cause like you'd said a while ago, they supposedly are part of hell, but if that's not really the hell you believe in, what, are, what is there other than just being there? What is their purpose? I believe that they were part of the angels that were also cast down with Satan himself, because, you know, we see uh, the way that you would see demons. If you Googled them right now, they're going to be pretty terrifying looking, just like Satan was made to be depicted as terrifying looking. I don't believe that that's how they are. I believe that they are the angels that was sent down that were sent down with Satan as he was condemned down to quote unquote hell. So I believe that they are just, they, the demons are Satan's angels, just like the angels are God's angels in their own way. If that makes enough. any sense. No, I, that's kind of, kind of what I was thinking. I was like, the way you were describing them, it was almost like the demons were angels just on the other end of the spectrum. Exactly. But, well, Kat, it has been an absolute blast. Do you have anything you would like to add before we get off here uh, about a misconceptions of, of Satanism? Uh, that if you wanted to say one or two things that were like, I just wish people understood this, what would that be? I guess the one thing that I wish people would take with them is understanding that we're not here to hurt I can't speak for every person who's out there that, you know, believes in Satanism and they commit atrocities in the name of Satanism. That's not what the majority of us are about. We're here to help people. We care. And we're, we don't push our beliefs onto you. We don't commit these 
dark black masses out in the middle of the woods at 3 a.m. unless you're coming to Friday Night Kegger. And, <laughs> but, um, you know, just, just be willing to listen. I know that for a lot of people with their beliefs, you know, I understand what it's like to be uh, really dedicated to your spirituality or your religion. And that's what you believe in. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Uh, that's absolutely perfect. I will never judge a person based off of their religion alone. It's how you act as a person. All I could ever want is for someone to just be willing to listen and understand and not just assume that a Satanist is someone that you see from a horror movie or you read about in a Stephen King novel. Because chances are there's more Satanists around you than you could ever imagine. And the majority of us, we just blend in. But we're pretty, we're pretty chill. We're pretty nice. Just give us a chance. We just want to be friends. <laughs> Kat, thank you so much for coming on. I know this was, like I said, we just literally set this up probably 15 hours ago. And uh, I, I thought it would be very cool to talk to you. And I was 100% correct. And I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing some information and trying to enlighten uh people and that's what we try to do it's not that i'm taking one side over a religion or the other but i do want to make sure that everybody gets their fair chance to talk about what they believe in and not just be stereotypes well thank you i really appreciate it i appreciate you being willing to you know listen and hear me rabble 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 about it i really appreciate you i absolutely love getting to listen to everybody's different beliefs on the show it's very interesting i love studying different cultures and religions and it's an absolute honor to be on your to be on the podcast thank you so much i really appreciate it well you're more than welcome and i'm sure we will be talking again in the future you know where to reach me <laughs> all right guys that wraps it up for us as you can see cat was a lot of fun which is why we end up having her on the uh, Listener Stories episode as well. And we'll probably have her on sometime in the future to talk about some other stuff. That'd be great. So, But that's all we got for you this week. Thank you guys for bearing with us. Uh, like I said, hopefully next week everything will be back to normal. I don't plan on missing any episodes next week. No, and believe me, it's been bothering him nonstop. So he will do everything he can, and so will I. And again, thank you guys for everything you've done for us, all your support, prayers, and love. We can't thank you enough, and I hope you all have a wonderful, blessed week. And next week, we'll have something exciting to talk about because we got invited to something that we can't talk about yet It's because it's private, but it's going to be big news. Uh, so we'll be, we will be in the, at an event next Sunday night, and uh, we'll probably end up going live stream or something like that from it uh, for you guys to check it out. But like I said, we can't talk about it yet, but it'll be good news. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs>